Hi, babes. Welcome to The Pleasure Portal, a podcast for women desiring to embody their fierce, wild, feminine magic, reclaim their deepest soul desires, and unleash the passion, pleasure, and fulfillment they know in their bones is their birthright. I'm your host, Kelsey Grant, a love, intimacy, and relationship educator and pleasure alchemist. I'm curious, has your pleasure ever been on the back burner? Have you ever felt like your pleasure doesn't matter? Have you experienced your feminine power being minimized, ignored, or suppressed? If so, this is the place for you. Because in this podcast, we're writing a whole new story together. We're a community of fierce femmes who are done with the binds of repression. We're the women who desire a pleasurable sex life, sacred connection with ourselves, and intimate partnership with another without having to give up or hide parts of who we are. We're the modern witches who, until now, have had to hide or suppress our sacred gifts. Together, we're unhooking from the binds that mute our greatest expression. We're dialing up that turn on full tilt. We're creating right relationship with our emotions, our power, our enchantment alchemy, and our womb wisdom. Each episode, I'll bring to you a mix of pleasure alchemy, embodiment education, love, sex, and relationship insights, and ultimately an invitation home to your fierce feminine magic. We are reclaiming it all. Down and in we go. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited, as always, to bring another episode through to you. And today we have my incredible soul sister, Jasmine Rose, joining us for an episode all about reclaiming our womb magic, our mystery, the wisdom that hangs out in our pelvic bowl. And we go on a wonderful conversation today about reclaiming pleasure rituals, reclaiming self-pleasure rituals, reconnecting to the womb space, and reclaiming all of the power that we may have outsourced for whatever reason up until this point in our history. So I'm so excited to bring this magic to you. I know that you will love her just as much as I do. It's such a sweet conversation and here we go. Hi everybody. Welcome back to the pleasure portal today. We have my beautiful friend Rasmit. Rasmit. Okay. Let me start that again. (laughs) I'm like looking at your... Your video name, and I'm just like mashing them together. That was perfect. That was perfect. That was a good blooper. And that is going to be a great blooper. (laughs) Okay. Take two. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Pleasure Portal. Today, I have my beautiful friend Jasmine here, and she is going to be leading us through an extraordinary conversation. We're going to be anchoring down into the womb magic, into the womb space. She is such an extraordinary leader in this arena. And Jasmine, I I mean, we haven't seen each other or talked to each other in a long time, but Like I met you when I was doing sisterhood circles out of my home years ago, and you were always this radiant beam of love and joy and softness whenever you would come to the circle and anchor in with the sisters. And now to see you blossom into this work has been such a joy and a delight to watch from, you know, the other side of the city. (laughs) 
<laughs> we don't live that far away from each other. <laughs> but it's just been beautiful to witness you. And I am so grateful and so honored to have you here and share your magic with everybody today. Thank you so much. It, I was actually reflecting just on that last night and I was like, it must have been what, seven years ago? Oh yeah. Long time. Long time. Yeah. So it feels really sweet to be in that, you know, regeneration of everything and be sitting Mm -hmm. here and having this conversation with you in such different places, but the essence of ourselves are still the same. same. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's so magical. Like, doing sisterhood work back then is still anchored in what I do now. And I imagine there are parts of what you're exploring now in terms of your work that have always been there. Mm -hmm. They're just taking on a new form or a new expression. So let's just get into it. What is the work that you do? Tell everyone a little bit about you and then we'll dive into the, the juiciness from there. Yeah. So My name is Jasmine Rose, and that is my real name. People always ask if that's some sort of stage name, but my mom was all about the flowers. Um, So, of course, being in the feminine and feeling that rooted in my name is always so sweet. Mm -hmm. And I call myself a sacred womb guide, and it actually took me a long time to land on a name of what I do because... There is this essence to my work that is rooted in science just as much as it's rooted in spirit. And so I really believe that we have been deeply disconnected from the space of our pelvic bowl. So whoever you are listening to this, whatever gender you identify with or not, we all hold this space of our pelvic bowl and we can anchor into the wisdom of that just by merely connecting. And so many of us are experiencing dis-ease in this space or disconnection. And it has been my experience experience through my own journey that really coming back to the fundamentals of how to care for this space in its biological form, as well as connecting to the spirit and the energetics mm. of it is the foundation of everything in our lives. You know, this is the root system of our bodies. And so I call myself a sacred womb guide, but of course there's so much more. Um, I've trained with Tammy Lynn Kent in holistic pelvic care. So really understanding the really deep wisdom of the wild feminine currents that run into the body. Um, But I really have a love for all things within the menstrual cycle, energetically or biologically, in fertility, and everything to do with coming back home to this beautiful space in our bodies. Mm, 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 mm. I love that so much. I, I think that I was robbed of this education growing up. Like It was only in my 30s that I started to really understand and explore the fundamentals of my anatomy and as a woman like with a uterus I'm like how how was I not told you even like my urethra is not the same as my vaginal opening like how did I not know this Mm -hmm. like how did we miss teaching this to the population not just women not just people with uteruses and vulvas but like why is the whole population not informed? And I just love seeing people like you who are doing the sacred activism and the sacred education around the magic that has been really withheld for so long. Yeah. And I love that you bring that forward because I always say, you know, wherever you are in your journey, you're perfectly on time. Mm-hmm. 
that we all have this time-coded wisdom within us that takes a lot of layers to access sometimes totally. based on you know patriarchal narratives and all of the other conditioning that we've received that has really been supportive for us to disconnect. It's been very, very easy for most of us to disconnect. And so there's so many layers of shame and grief that can come when we actually start connecting to the space because I hear this all the time, right? Yeah. Like, why wasn't I taught this earlier? You know, I'm so mad or I'm so sad there's so many emotions that come through mm -hmm. and it's such an important part of the process yeah. right it's so important to honor and recognize how much we want it so we can see um, the layers of grief that need to be expressed in order for us to truly feel like we can access it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean that feels true for me because at first when I started to learn this I was pissed I was so angry yeah. <laughs> and then like the deeper I got and the more open I got, I could start to excavate some of the grief that was really anchored in my womb space mm -hmm. and exploring, you know, the times in which I just had not even experienced my body as a reverent vessel. And so the ways in which I was interacting, even in my sexual expression, just were not honoring the sacredness of my portal. Mm -hmm. And there was so much grief inside of that and having to move through those layers has been sticky at times but coming through the other side of like a grief wave I'm like whoo I can feel myself in a way that I wasn't able to have access to before which yeah. is so wild um so what is the kind of the journey that you've been on to get to the point of being an educator and a guide in this arena yeah, so, you know, I believe that our journeys always start way earlier than we realize, mm -hmm. right? And I, I went through, you know, many, many, many different layers within my own path that really forced me into disconnection from not being able to have the power or the opportunity to use my voice or the education or the guidance to connect to the space. You know, the narrative that I lived with most of my life was that your menstrual cycle, that your bleed time was the burden of being a woman. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you hear people like mothers, like guardians, like sisters, aunties, all these people, and it's a continuous narrative and it's very consistent. Yeah. Right. I started to embody that mm -hmm. um, and I started to disconnect from my menstrual cycle. And I got my, my first period quite early. I had my first period at 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And previous to that, I had had years of sexual abuse. I was a sexual abuse survivor as a child. And the two combined with feeling really disassociated from this time, as well as having a lot of wounding around sexual experiences and what that mm -hmm. meant to be in the initiation of coming into womanhood, the fractures that I had found and started to cultivate within this space were strong. You know, there was a foundation for me to disconnect before I had even really realized what becoming a woman meant. Right. Years and years go by, right? And it's normal to disconnect. Everyone's having conversations around how annoying your period is, how painful mm -hmm. it is. You know, just get this ID, IUD, take this birth control. You know, you don't have to feel it. You don't have to see it. You don't have to be with it. And it wasn't until 
my husband and I had been married for just over a year. And so we were going down the very, very clear, you know, pathway that's laid out. You get married and then a year later you decide to have a family and, mm-hmm. you know, the very, mm-hmm. very easy societal narrative to fit into. And I started bleeding outside of my menstrual cycle, this really thick black blood. And it was unlike anything I had ever seen. It was nearly weeks before we decided we wanted to consciously conceive. Um, And I ended up bleeding for almost a year. And it became one of the most painful, grief-filled initiations and rite of passages of my life to sit with a bleeding womb day after day after day, having this visual representation and starting to feel the shift of, man, this is annoying to, oh, wow, something is calling me home. There's a voice here. There's a message here. There's something here for me that isn't written on the walls. It's the gray matter in between. It's the voice that keeps you up at night. It was just this like tangible hungry voice inside of me asking me to come home and I went on a path of of awakening and initiation Mm -hmm. and through that I really stripped myself bare to the bone Uh Um, all of the masks that I had been wearing all of the layers of myself that I'd been using to protect myself from the woman that I I felt like I knew I could become Mm -hmm. just started to melt away and it was as if each day I was bleeding, I was shedding these internal layers within my womb, but I was also shedding layers of my spirit, mm. parts of myself that was keeping me away. And I went on on a journey, that dark night of the soul that so many of us can relate to. Um, and it led me into many, many different avenues of my own reclamation and then realizing, oh, wow, you know, this is very needed. How can I step into this and be of service to help so many other womb bearers and people that are wanting to generally connect to the space of their pelvic bowl to really understand the wisdom of what it means to be in the body and return to the cycles and rhythms of, of our planet. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Oh my gosh. That is such a juicy and wisdom filled journey that you've been, been on and like bleeding for almost a year straight. Like I know how I feel just, you know, one week at a time. I'm like, who? I got to slow down. I got to rest more. So was that like a very prominent thing when you were going through that year long portal where you were having to go a lot slower and attune to that season of the cycle throughout the entire year? Or were there pockets where you did experience a little bit more levity or even just energy? No, I was in the winter. I was in the winter the whole time. I was like that tree with no leaves, you know, cold and Mm -hmm. tired and dark. Mm -hmm. I, you know, left my full-time job, um, started to work one day a week and really listened and slowed down. And I feel very privileged to be able to share this. And I, I felt very held by my community. You know, it took a lot for, you know, there's this really tender space. And I think that this extends into anything chronic. Um, there was no medical reason, mm-hmm. right? Like I had every test under the sun aside from laparoscopic surgery because I was kind of like, well, if you don't have any reason to cut into me, then we probably shouldn't take that route. I'm already going through quite a bit in this area. Um, And the only option I was given was to inquire about a hysterectomy or Mm. to take birth control. 
you know, and I'm in that moment, a 28 year old woman wanting to conceive with her partner. And that just went against everything that, that I was striving towards. It was heartbreaking truly. Mm -hmm. And it's difficult to walk forward with nothing to name it. Mm-hmm. And that's something mm-hmm. that I really um, have reflected on a lot, even with things that do have a name, right? We talk about endometriosis, we talk about PCOS, we talk about fertility issues, but we're not often talking about, you know, the weight of what it means to not have anywhere to go, like to not understand or to not have access to the magic pill, if you will. And I mm-hmm. suppose birth control is used in a lot of those scenarios, but it wasn't available for me. You know, it was like it, every time I sat with it, it was like, absolutely not. That is not where we're um, but it was dark. It was, I was exhausted. My soul was exhausted. It was the most tiring time of my life. And in the same moment, I was so alive. Like something right. was coming to life in me, but my physical body was like, you need to rest. Mm-hmm. We are taking you on a ride and some big stuff is coming. And boy, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it awoke some, some wildness where I can see now why I needed to rest for, for such a long period of time. Beautiful, beautiful. And when you came through that portal, what had changed? So it felt as though, and you know, intimacy was a really big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, being newly married and going through something like that, I, I didn't have the capacity for much intimacy in my relationship. It was, it was challenging. It was challenging for me. It was challenging for my partner. It was challenging for us as a, as a team. And, you know, I just didn't have anything to give. And, and my womb portals were open for so long. There was so much leaking and everything that was coming out of me. It just, it was not available for the both of us. And so it created a lot of distance but also a really beautiful coming together because we started to explore the realms outside of sexual intimacy, what it meant to be in a deeper relationship. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there was certainly some really hard times, but what's come through the other side of that is really understanding the relationship to my own intimacy, Mm -hmm. what it meant to actually know my pussy, Mm -hmm. my yoni, my, all of the areas of myself more than everyone else. right? Like I want to know it better than my partner. I want to know my inner landscape. I want to know what everything feels like more than my gynecologist, more than all of these people Mm. that had been in my space. And it was this really beautiful time for me to come out of bleed time and be like, I have this incredible opportunity to rewrite the vows of sexual intimacy between myself Mm. and who I share myself with. Mm -hmm. And you know, we see that a lot coming out of pregnancy, right? right? Like the postpartum period, we have these periods of time in which there's been such huge transformation mm-hmm. that sexual intimacy needs to have a little bit of a break to redefine and reconstruct this portal, mm-hmm. this beautiful space between woman worlds. Um, and this experience really allowed me to, to really redefine what it meant to connect to, to my sexual expression in that way. Ooh. I love this so much, (laughs) especially coming as a relationship educator and all of the assumptions that people have around their desire and intimacy, even just like how much sex a couple quote unquote should be having. And, you know, all of that stuff really drives me nuts. (laughs) (laughs) It's so unique to whoever is in the relationship. 
And if we're talking about, you know, two people in a relationship, that relationship is unlike anything else that has ever existed before. So it's very difficult to compare, you know, one relationship to another. But we do this all the time. And sometimes we're not even comparing to real data. We're comparing to our idea of what is happening between <laughs> a couple over there on social media or maybe our best friends who they look great when they're, you know, out in public with each other, but then behind closed doors, like there's a coldness. There isn't that connection. There's not that intimacy. Yeah. So just normalizing that every relationship is going to go through these phases, you know, not necessarily where, you know, someone is going to bleed for an entire year, but there are going to be phases where the intimacy shifts. And that doesn't mean that there's something wrong or, you know, it's a sign that you should end your relationship. I love that you explore that as a portal to deeper intimacy within yourself, first mm -hmm. and foremost. And inevitably, I'm sure that shifted in your relationship as well. Um, and I love what you said about, you know, knowing your body better than any of the quote unquote experts or <laughs> anyone who has been in your space. Yeah. Because that, that to me has been such a liberating part of my journey too, of like feeling this almost disconnect when I would go in for like a pap smear and like it was so clinical and cold and, and just not feeling the connection to the person who is like literally putting something inside of me. I'm like, I bet that I could develop a relationship with my body and learn her in a way that no one else knows. And my you know, motivation for doing that was more in a relational setting. Like I cannot expect a partner to attune to my pleasure if I have not attuned to my pleasure. Mm -hmm. I don't know what makes my unique system tick and turn on. How could I ever guide or show another person? Like, and I think that happens a lot in relationships, but also in sexual connection where we outsource our pleasure to the other person. Like you don't know me at all, but you should know me better than I know myself. Yeah. Which is wild. It's so and, wild. And you know, there's something to that as well in just our our pleasure and and certainly there's things outside of this, but on a grand scale, when we look at the conversations that we have around pleasure, when we're heading into those initiatory years it's quite performative, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We're influenced by this like performative reality that we yeah. must be, you know, sound like this and look like this and arch our backs like this. And it's very like porn influenced. Mm -hmm. And so there, there aren't a lot of opportunities for us to explore pleasure in those younger years. You know, the conversations, especially for, you know, myself in, in a female body, it was very fear-based. It was like, protect yourself or you're going to get pregnant, you're going to get a disease, you're going to get raped, you know, all of these things. There was very few conversations around like liberatory pleasure and feeling mm -hmm. the sensations of your body and, you know, arousal fluids and all of these things that come from your body's cues telling you when it's ready to open. Yes. Um, and so, you know, it's really up to us to 
to come back into relationship with ourselves to really relearn the things that we didn't have the opportunity. And I always say, what do you need to unlearn to remember? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what do you need to let go of to really come back to what your body is already telling you and already knows? Mm-hmm. Um, and what a permission slip to receive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I love that you bring up the performative aspect of sex, especially as someone who is also in a female body. Like, yep, that's exactly what I learned. Like, I I feel grateful that my first sexual partner was pretty attuned and he he actually did know my body better than I knew my body. Mm-hmm. And that set a template for a while of like, oh, well, every partner is going to be like that one. They just know what to do with their mouth and their fingers and their anatomy. And like, it's amazing. And it always feels good. Like, and I know that that's not everyone's experience of their first time having sex. Mm -hmm. And so that was such an imprint for me, but it also was imprinted with, you know, other aspects of trauma and being kicked out of my family system. And like, so there was like this deep pleasure, but also this, like loss, this deep loss and grief that were collapsed together. And so navigating, you know, my sexuality as an adult, you know, was really confusing because like, does it mean that my partners are always supposed to know me better than I know myself? But if I do surrender into that level of pleasure, there's going to be some big loss that happens over in another part of my life that blindsides me. And so there were all of these layers that Honestly, up until like four, maybe five years ago, because I remember having this conversation with our friend Kai, and I was starting to put these pieces together of like, oh my gosh, like the same day that I had sex for the first time is the same day that all of this shit blew up in my family system. And there was this huge betrayal and loss and like essentially being excommunicated from my family system. And I'm just realizing at, it must have been like 30, 34 when that started to come through. I'm like, how is that just not, like I've never made that connection before, but I couldn't make that connection up until that point. And it, it was such a pivotal point for me of even claiming more of the ownership and sovereignty over my body. Cause I'm like, oh, it doesn't actually have to be anchored that way. Like I don't have to have this anchor of loss and betrayal with pleasure. But until I realized that that was the correlation, like it was going to continue to happen because Mm -hmm. I wasn't even aware that that was part of the program that was running my experience, which is so wild to make those connections and feel the depths of know what it means to bring all of that material up to the surface and hold it with reverence and love and compassion but also do life a little bit differently in terms of my relationship to my body and like this is such a sacred vessel and like I'm not going to outsource my pleasure to a partner so how did that shift your relationship like especially in your relationship now that you've had this new reclamation of your pleasure and like, I know my body better than anybody else. How did that shift relationally between you and your husband? 
Yeah, this is so beautiful because I was reflecting on this with my husband about six six months ago. We've been together for eight and a half years. And so we've gone through so many ebbs and flows. And um, he keeps, you know, he continues to say over and over again, like, this has been such an incredible journey for me, mm-hmm. witnessing you partially because you know watching me step into myself so fiercely has been such a joy for him but on the other side like we've really exploded our sex life and we've really been able to anchor into a deeper deeper level of intimacy by me coming home to my body mm-hmm. um and so i think you know i want to be really sensitive to some of the fears that can come up right when we do feel like there's that sexual liberation calling us and that we want to explore our bodies one of the things that comes up for me i know a lot in my work and certainly came up in myself is well, if I'm not having sexual intimacy with my partner, how do I now tell them that I want to start self-pleasuring myself without it feeling like it's actually going to fracture that even more? And so those conversations are really delicate, right? It's a really delicate space to enter into. And when I was, you know, starting to discover this, I was going through some practices. I practice Kundalini dance. And so it's this really beautiful um, dance that goes into our chakra systems and into our energy body and allows us to really dance and move and open up the pelvic bowl to release a lot of the old wounding and patterns. And in that, I started to really realize how sacred dance was for me to actually get back into and I know that you do mm-hmm. yes, as well right and it's it's honestly it was the first first initiation into me reclaiming my body because I remember starting to move very sexually right like the way that I would stroke my body and move my hips and there was a part of me that was really apprehensive because in a room full of other women you know I was so worried about slut shaming and all of this other wounding and programming that had happened in my younger years when I did feel really liberated in my body and so if you're listening, yeah, there's a lot mm-hmm. of layers here, right? It's a very, very um, explorative landscape that takes us yeah. a long time to start feeling and, and tuning into. But the conversations with my husband really came from such a soft place of saying, you know, the fire in my womb has gone out. It's damp and it's cold in there. And in order for me to not come into our intimate containers from a place of depletion, Mm -hmm. I need to relight this flame. And what that looks like for me right now is starting to come into a really deep, intimate relationship with myself. And so I started Mm -hmm. to dance was one of the modalities. And the other was I started to have an intimacy day for myself. Mm And on that day, I was in my own sexual energy. You know, it was a day of the week so that there was that masculine container, that riverbed to really hold my wildness so that the shame wasn't there. There was no permission seeking. You know, we just like, it it was a sacred agreement that we knew Mm -hmm. that that was the day that I was entering into some of these practices. Um, And from that actually birthed an intimacy day together. And so Mm -hmm. I have my own intimacy day and then we have a collaborative intimacy day. And so there's two days of the week where I'm stoking my flame and then I'm sharing it with Mm -hmm. him. And then he has the opportunity to be in his energy. And of course we come together many more times in that week, but the intimacy, it has so many different flavors because there's Mm -hmm. been an opportunity to really branch outside of the societal narrative of how sex should look in a marriage. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I love that you have this, 
you know, standing date with yourself. Like that just brings me so much joy and so much delight. And, you know, it is such an important conversation. And as you say, like, it is a very sensitive thing because like on, on my side of things, working with couples, like there can be a misinterpretation of what that means of, oh, you don't find me desirable anymore. And why would you need to self-pleasure if I was pleasuring you and fulfilling you? So there's all of this material that can get, you know, activated and start moving in the relational container. And the way that you just modeled for everyone how to have that conversation and to initiate your need, your desire, and connect it to your partner, connect it to a way in which that is going to amplify your experience of being together. It's not taking away from your relationship, it's enhancing your relationship, which is such an important distinction when bringing any of our needs forward, (laughs) but specifically when it comes to anything to do with sexuality, sex, intimacy, and self-pleasure inside of a relational container. Mm-hmm. I love that you just modeled that so gracefully for everybody. And like having that intimacy date with your husband. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of resistance sometimes that I see in the relational world of like, oh, scheduling sex. Oh, what a drag. Like, let it be spontaneous. And I love that you use intimacy date because then it gives it range. It gives it that flexibility and that fluidity of like, ooh, what's going to happen today? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And, you know, it's, I was really resistant. It came forward. I initiated it and I was resistant to it. Right. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was the same. I was like, why can't sex be spontaneous? But it wasn't right. Mm-hmm. That was the thing. Like if you're not having spontaneous sex, then why not start to create a rhythm? Yeah right within the relationship a rhythm of it it was so beautiful to have us both dedicated to that day Mm -hmm. setting time aside like that shows up my heart opens when there's an opportunity to see that like there's a devotion there's somebody that is Mm -hmm. you know my husband's carving out sacred time in his schedule and like it's collaborative and we're coming together and so there's so many ways that we can look at that and say, oh, you know, I don't want to schedule sex. And if that's your, if that's the flavor that you're going in with, mm-hmm. certainly there's going to be apprehension. But if you go in and say, wow, this is an opportunity for us to cut the bullshit on time mm-hmm. scarcity, right? Mm-hmm. Really start dedicating and devoting to this because it takes work to get back into the rhythms with one another, right? Yeah. And let it be fun, Right. The days leading up to it, you know, talking about the things you want to do, starting to get curious with one another, like building the flame together so that by the time you get in the container, you know, there's such an aliveness that's happening. And it's truly transformed so many different layers of our relationship. Mm. Um, And I know it's not going to be for everyone, but I certainly believe that there is an opportunity for us to explore how we can really boldly show up for one another and for ourselves. Mm, I love this so much. And did your husband have his own intimacy day as well? Or was it like you have yours and then you have the intimacy date together? 
that so work? I have mine and we have one together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I really admire, I deeply admire my husband and his connection to his sexual flame and to his mm-hmm. body and the way that he continues to show up for me with such fire after so many years. And so for me, you know, there was a lot of wounding there that isn't necessarily present within his own body. Right. Um, and so it was really apparent that it was me that really needed this time to rediscover myself and for us to come mm-hmm. together in that way. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love that. I love that so much. And I think highlighting more of these types of love stories is what the collective needs in order to move in a much more unified and healthy direction relationally. Like relationships don't have to be this really push pull, like my needs over your needs. It can be my needs matter, your needs matter, and the relationship needs matter. Yeah. And what can we do to consciously create and design and really get creative and like have fun? I think people forget to have fun in their relationships. Like, yeah. you're the conscious creator <laughs> of this container. What do you want to do? Like, how do you want to make it up? Let's have fun with it. Like, what yeah. would feel most nourishing to your soul, to their soul? And what what's the purpose of that? Like, to me, like having two people who are lit up and connected intimately, like that fuels the work that you do. It probably fuels the purpose work that he does in the world. And it, it gives you the gas to go mm-hmm. forward and give those gifts to the people that you work with and, you know, bless the planet and the planet could use all the blessing it, it can get. And we can do that through our relationship containers with each other. Mm-hmm. And I love, I just love this ritual that the two of you cultivated together and, you know, and bringing that permission for anyone in their relationship container to bring that level of devotion to themselves first and foremost, and then find a way to generate that together, which is so magical. Yeah. And I notice for me, like the more I self-pleasure, the more desire I actually have for sexual intimacy with a partner. Mm-hmm. And in those relationships where it was shamed to self-pleasure, I noticed that my desire to have sex really went down the toilet. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm not getting enough revving on a regular basis. And it doesn't have to be like masturbation as my self-pleasure. Like there's so many, and I love your rituals with roses because every time I watch you do that, my whole body just turns on. I'm like, oh, yeah. mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And so sisterhood can be such a beautiful activator as well for turn on for pleasure. Just by watching you be so presently devoted in a rose ritual of just like touching a rose petal. Like that's literally all it's taken sometimes. And I'm like, ooh. Yeah. And you know, we we are wired to thrive and live in in a wildly pleasurable environment, right? Mm-hmm. And I always say, you know, we've been really starved of that being true. And so sometimes we need to really rewrite the way that we relate yeah. to pleasure. And that often comes with that mindful pause, that sacred pause. And, and, you know, sometimes I'll be doing the dishes and I'll say, 
why am I rushing? I have nowhere to be. Can I take a pause? Where, what can I invite in in this moment that would make this moment more pleasurable? Okay, I'm going to stop. Actually, I'm going to put slippers on. I'm going to play a song and I'm going to switch the vibe. And all of a sudden, we find magic in the mundane and we start turning ourselves on to be receiving of pleasure outside of it always needing to be sexual or orgasmic. And that actually stokes the fire even more right it's weave it into everything and of course there's circumstances where pleasure is not going to be at the forefront but we can certainly take our own loving hands and just hold our body and say like we're here we're here in this moment and that can be enough yeah yeah I love you know finding the magic in the mundane and that piece of rushing Like, oh, why am I like pushing or hustling or like moving so fast? Like, can I bring slowness to this moment? Can I just move a little bit more intentionally? And I've been making up some playlists lately because I'm like, I just need, if I'm going to be in quarantine, well, kind of like semi-quarantine, I'm like, I need to fill my home with as much pleasure as possible. Mm -hmm. And putting on like really fast music felt like almost assaulting to my nervous system. It was like, ah, now, no. (laughs) And so I've been putting on slower music and exactly what you said, like my body just moves in a much more sensual way. And I'll be, you know, putting on my makeup and all of a sudden my hips are doing whatever they're doing. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Or like washing the dishes and I've got some music on and my body's just moving, but it's moving slowly. Mm-hmm. It's not moving fast. And that's been a big theme this year of 2020 for me is like the slowdown. Like things got halted in a major, major way. And like, how can I move slower through my space in time, whatever I'm doing? And that inevitably brings more intentionality and presence into my moment. Yeah. And there's an opportunity to actually switch the intention too, right? Like going back to the dishes analogy, just because it's so tangible for all of us, rather than me being like, I have to get these dishes done because I've got this expectation that my house always needs to be clean. It's like, wow, you know, I'm taking care of me. I'm taking care of tomorrow me so that I can wake up in the morning and my space will be so nice and I can just move a little bit slower, right? We can really start switching the ways in which we're doing things so that it feels like a way to continuously come back to nourish self. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love this so much. I feel like we could probably talk forever and like go down all of these different rabbit holes. Episode two. (laughs) Continuation. Jasmine is just going to be our special guest host every month. (laughs) So, so good. Okay. Let's go into some rapid fire. Love it. And because I want to honor your time. Let me pull up these questions here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Question number one, what has pleasure been the portal for most recently in your life? Mm -hmm. Um, Realigning my pelvis. Mm. Yeah. Understanding like the fascia matrix within my pelvic root and actually going into deeper yoni massage to help some, some pelvic alignment, which was not, uh, not something I expected. Mm -hmm. Mm. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. Um, well, we already kind of talked about that one, so I'm not going to do that one. <laughs> uh, what is one thing that is an instant turn on for you? Roses. Mm. 
Yeah. Rose Me too, tea. watching you. <laughs> like rose tea, rose oil, like everything about roses. I like literally just like stop and I'm like, how is this even real? Amazing. Yeah. They're so gorgeous. And it was actually you and your love and devotion for roses that activated that within me. Because mm. I don't know, for some reason growing up, I think because my grandma didn't really like roses and neither does my mom. Like They like them, but they're not their favorite. And so I just grew up in an environment where that just wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. And then you pop up on my Instagram one day and I'm like, what is she doing over there? I'm like, that's delicious. And then all of a sudden, Rose just kept coming in to my experience. And that was, I think, probably two years ago where I started to really be drawn to the scent of Rose. And I was using it as like a facial mist. And like I have, it's like a perfume, but it's like an essential oil that's Rose. And I'm obsessed. Like I can't get enough of it. And like buying roses for myself, I'm like, who am I becoming? (laughs) Jasmine has really activated something here. And I feel like there's something there for me just really quick. I feel like I denied myself of roses because they were expensive. Mm -hmm. They were romantic. They were luxurious. There were like Mm -hmm. all these things that I had like pushed aside as like, oh, I don't need that. Like I can just be simple and, and all of these things. And so when we can open ourselves up to some of these luxurious experiences, Mm -hmm. we start realizing, oh, wow, like I might have been depriving myself of that type of ignition within Mm -hmm. my, within my feminine essence. So Mm -hmm. I love that so much. Thank you for adding that in (laughs) important distinction. (laughs) Okay. Um, How has pleasure shifted your relationship to magic? Oh, everything. I mean, I would say that my most recent um, revelation has been in the context of the earth. Mm-hmm. And when I have come back into relationship with my cycles and rhythms and pleasure and like really starting to tend to this part of my body, um, I've really started to feel a really deep connection to the earth, to the fertile mm-hmm. soil, wanting to come back to gardening. Like there's just been this magical magnetizing of, of me and the earth. Mm. I love it so much. Okay. Who is someone that currently is inspiring you with their pleasure embodiment? Hmm, This is a good one. I mean, Leola Antara Mm -hmm. is one of my beautiful mentors Mm -hmm. and she speaks a lot to this concept of inner beloved. And she's somebody that I really, really admire um, and look up to and I'm so inspired by because it's such a devotion of pleasure being the core essence of us mm. in our feminine current, whoever we are, wherever we are on this planet. Um, so Leola Antara, this one's for you. Mm, I love, <laughs> love, love, love. Okay. Final question. I'm ready. If you could whisper a nugget of pleasure wisdom to 13 year old you, what would you tell her? Mm. Your body is yours to explore and your voice matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yummy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just giggle all day. Okay. 
Okay. <laughs> oh, it's one of my favorite pastimes, to be honest. Twirling a ribbon wand and giggling. Giggle pleasure. Yeah. Throw some glitter in there and I am in heaven. Rose glitter. Rose glitter. <laughs> Literally, I kid you not, my floor is covered in glitter. Yeah. We decorated Christmas balls the other day and we thought it would be a great idea to get like these fine packs of glitter because yeah. that's the prettiest glitter. Sparkly. And Kate, our mutual friend, she, <laughs> I don't know how she did this, but like she decorated her balls and then she had it all over her face, <laughs> all over her clothes. She walks to the bathroom. So there's a trail of glitter from my kitchen table to my bathroom. It's on the counters. It's on the floor. It's literally in the grooves of my hardwood. And it looks like my floor is sparkly all the time. And I'm delighted. It's the best. It's the best. So anytime you want to giggle, you want some glitter, come on over. you want to play, come on over. <laughs> I'm happy to host that type of sisterhood gathering. The pleasure palace. Yes. We have all the things. Yes. <laughs> Feathers, glitter, roses, all the things. I love it. <laughs> and on that pleasurable note, where can people find you if they are just feeling the call to work with you? What are some of the offerings that you are going to be bringing forward into this new year? Mm-hmm. So I am Humble Wild Wellness on Instagram. And I love sharing poetry and lots of information on how to connect to the menstrual cycle, um, the feminine root of the body. I practice holistic pelvic care in one-on-one sessions. Um, So my sessions are called sacred womb sessions, and they really embody what we spoke to at the start of this conversation, that part science, part spirit, really going into how to dissolve those layers, those many, many layers that have kept us from remembering the wisdom of the body. Uh, I host monthly sacred womb circles that are just such a beautiful way to gather with people all over the world and really explore these layers of the body. Um, And then I have a few special offerings that are coming in the new year, but I'm not ready to share them yet. So what I would suggest is to just come over to the Humble Wild Wellness community and you can see all of the beautiful ways to connect to your womb there. Beautiful. And I will make sure to put that link in the show notes. And then when we do publish this episode, if you want to share some links with me to put in the show notes, that's cool. If you are not ready yet, that is totally fine. The mystery, right? The mystery. Everyone's the mystery. (laughs) I love it so much. And I feel like if this is something that jives with you, it would be amazing to have you back and we do a specific episode on menstrual magic and Mm. I think we could go so much deeper if that was just like the sole focus of our conversation. (laughs) I would love to do that. I would love to do that with you. I would be honored. Let's get it in the books, Kelly. Okay, great. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your beautiful wisdom and your light and your story. Like I, I hold it with so much respect and reverence with what you've been through and just the grace to bring that forward today and share with everybody else. It just moves my heart and like I feel so happy and warm and connected and I'm so thrilled that we have gotten this moment in time together and thank you so much for the generosity of today. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome.